what's happening? Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, footwear and orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. You want to be part of the show? We always encourage you to do so in the inbox. 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you. In Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Tuesday is always busy. you got Yannick Hansen coming up later in the show. Also, we'll talk to Mark Schofield in just a minute. Uh, it is uh, Bick Nazar, Dominic Shermati, Elon Chark behind the glass. Uh, what's going on here, boys? Dom, uh, you're wearing a, oh, this is part two of the jersey bet. Wow, jersey way to clue bet. in. That's I, a, I, I don't know why you're wearing a Bills jersey. I, I don't know. Oh! I, I, I forgot he's a Bills fan. Okay, that makes sense. What are you rocking there? On your face. A, a Shady McCoy? What's going on there? <laughs> yes. And you bought a Bills Shady McCoy jersey, Elon? It's fake. What's wrong, <laughs> with, wow. What's wrong with Shady McCoy? <laughs> no, there's nothing, but he Look wasn't the there very on long. This thing. It's massive. How, how long was he there for? Oh, he's probably my favorite running back in the league before he even got to the Bills. So if if you had that for your team, you'd probably get a jersey, right? I suppose. I suppose. Why well, well, are you throwing I, I was... shade at him? Oh, I see you working. Oh, although he does have a uh, great uh, uh, Twitter handle. It, it, it's cut on dime. Cut on dime it? 25. Yeah. Just, way, just fantastic. I had options. Oh, the Sammy Watkins one, yeah. The blue Sammy Watkins. I put this on first. Yeah. It's a blue Sammy Watkins jersey. Uh, tight. Let's just put it that way. Right. Real skin tight. I've been hitting the gym lately, so, you know, gains yeah. were showing. <laughs> gains were showing. <laughs> and I was given the option to wear a hat, but no, no, ha- hair's jersey. looking good today, so. Yeah, you got to do Well, Elon wore a hat. When you know what? I'm, th- I'm thinking of Tampa. He wasn't in Tampa very long. He was in Buffalo for a couple of seasons, wasn't he? Yeah, I would say probably four or five years. Yeah, I would just think of Eagles, obviously, because Shady McCoy. But Dom, all right, one of many bets you're going to have to fulfill this NFL season. Many? Many. Chicago Bears? So, two? That's more than one. More than one. 650-650 is more than one considered <laughs> many. Hey, look, man. You're, you're having a far worse season than pick six. Zero percent with your NFL picks. No, because because he lost the first jersey bet. I'm uh, one for three. One for three. I mean, that's still not great. Still not great. 33%. <laughs> Get off my back, Bick. <laughs> Jeez. Man, you're ornery wearing a Bills jersey today. I'm always ornery. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to our first guest. Uh, he joins us every Tuesday. I always love chatting with him. It is uh, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, writes about the NFL, writes about F1. He does it all uh, at Mark Schofield on socials. Uh, Mark, how are you? I am doing well, Vic. It is fantastic to be here as I am each Tuesday. How are you, my friend? We're all good, man. You worked off all the uh, turkey and everything? Not yet, not yet. I'm, I, I, I'm still. I got that sort of deficit going, but I'm trying to get back there, get out for a little exercise today. But it's gonna take a while. Gets tougher every year, right? It gets tougher every single year, my friend. Uh, all right, so let's get into some of the good stuff uh, that we saw, whether it was on Thanksgiving, on uh, Black Friday, or on Sunday. Uh, we always start with the throw of the week. Uh, which one uh, was awe-inspiring to you? Um, there were a number of contenders here, honestly. It was a I good mean, week, man. It was a it, tough it, it, it was a good week. I mean, I could have gone Tommy Cutlets. He had a couple of good throws. Tommy DeVito against the New England Patriots. Josh Dobbs <laughs> had a great uh, slot seam uh, before halftime. 
Um, even Justin Herbert, you know, I, I put this on threads. I was clipping some stuff um, Monday morning when I was sort of watching the games and posting some clips over on threads. And every game, Josh, Justin Herbert, even though they lose, has like two or three throws where you're just like, man, this is special. But I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. And if you remember in that game, late the past is a Kias? No, not that okay. one. That was that was impressive. But that I was announced sort on the show a, yesterday. I was like, I think we're going to be talking about the Zacchaeus throw with Mark. I mean, we can talk about that because it's an incredible throw. I yeah. mean, what he does. The one that I picked out that was more sort of the throw of the week was, and Romo talked about this too. He had this sort of dig route that he threw to Devonta Smith, who's coming right to left from the slot, and he's got to layer it because it's his own coverage. But what I love about it is when when Hertz lets this throw go, so Smith is coming down, he's running the dig route, and he's basically on, like, say, the Eagles' own 43-yard line, and he's, like, running towards the sideline there. And there's a defender that's right in the way. And if you're looking at that from Hertz's perspective as, as a quarterback looking at that, you don't know what that defender's going to do. Like he could easily peel off. He's he's basically passed the receiver that he's covered, who's AJ Brown, off to the safeties. And there's a potential here that he just turns around and steps in front and picks up Smith. But Hertz believes that he's not gonna do that. He sees the back of this defender running away from him. And he trusts that he's not gonna do that. I've seen Tom Brady throw an interception in this very scenario where that defender just turns around and intercepts the dig route. But Hertz believes that he's not going to do that, lets this go under pressure. And it's incredible because the defender sees Smith coming below him, stops on a dime, turns around. But because Hertz anticipated that Smith was going to keep going and that defender was going to turn around quickly enough, it's a huge completion in that moment. And yeah, you know, the throw, the touchdown, you know, early in the fourth quarter, the throw that you were talking about. Definitely an impressive throw because he's rolling mm-hmm. to his left. Got to flip the feet, got to flip the hips and all that. But this sort of layered anticipatory throw from Jalen Hurts was so impressive. The, the reason I was talking about the, the uh, Zacchaeus throw is, you know, it, it could have been defended better, of course. But it also required like a 9 out of 10 style defensive play because the throw to me was so spectacular. And I think you know it, it's great that you mentioned that play too to Smith because I think we when we ask for like evolutions of players, there's an expectation that, okay, what happened last year, you go into the offseason, you work on it, and week one, week two, week three, we see the evolution happen immediately. And look, maybe sometimes it takes week 11, week 12, but it does feel like we're seeing another version of Jalen Hurts get unveiled. And for me, it's like that type of performance on Sunday felt reminiscent of the Super Bowl and now it's like another evolution and now it feels like hey he is the best quarterback in the NFC yeah it it does feel that way I mean I I, I think Dak might have an argument right now with how well he's playing yeah. um Aaron Rodgers today was talking about how you know he likes to study Dak now and he talks about how Dak uses his mind uses his cadence so I think those are two very good quarterbacks I think Hertz has shown sort of an extra step here. And I think it's important to point out some context because it does seem like he's a little banged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talked in that game about the brace that he's wearing on the knee, and it does seem like he's he's hurting a little bit. But the throw I talked about, the Zacchaeus throw, where, you know, the placement on that, he puts air under it. Like, like if that throws on a bit more of a line, you're going to get that sort of 9 out of 10 pass breakup defensive play. 
but he puts it to the back line with an with some air under it so he's got an expectation that it's going to get over his head and i know they talked about it in the moment like it was eerily reminiscent of what we saw saturday in the iron bowl you know the Jalen milrow throw to isaiah bond to beat auburn which sort of another 10 out of 10 moment a lot of great football, both at the college and NFL level this weekend. But Hertz does seem like he's taken and sort of had an extra gear to his performance the past couple of weeks. Uh, I do want to get to Dak, as you mentioned, but uh, the counterpart in that game was Josh Allen. And we've discussed, you know, the version I want to see of of the Buffalo Bills is just open up Josh Allen and, and invite the chaos. If, if you score 31 and lose, hey, like – on that day, you just got outgunned, and you know he does throw the one interception. But I, you know, on a rewatch, Mark, I'm watching that, and I'm thinking like this guy's crazy right now. Yeah, I, I think they've sort of let him roll. I, yeah. I think they've done exactly what you called for, and had some incredible plays in that game himself. I mean, you know, created with his legs, the touchdown to Diggs. You know, sometimes when I'm watching film, sort of, I, I look at throws that have a pretty low completion probability. And that was one. I mean, this is a throw. You're fitting it in basically between three defenders at the goal line. And he's able to do that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them in. They're so mm-hmm. banned up. There's so much going on with Buffalo right now. And look, their schedule does them no favors with what they've got coming up. And I know, you know, we've talked about that a little bit with what they've got coming up. But they get the Chiefs next week. They get Dak Prescott, who we're about to talk about after that. Like, it's a tough schedule for them. And I don't know if they're going to have enough to sort of overcome that, but they're letting you know Josh Allen do Josh Allen things. And even though they lost, it was an impressive performance from him. So on Dak, you're getting ready to play the Seahawks this weekend uh, against Geno Smith, and it's it's actually kind of an interesting dichotomy that these two guys are playing because I think in in my mind's eye, I look at the phrase you use too when we're talking about Dak is. Yeah, he, he knows ball, and, and that's why people always back Dak because like he'll figure it out over time. And I look at Geno Smith, and I think I, I see a lot of the same similarities. It, play, it might play out different as far as levels of aggressiveness, but I, I see like what Geno's trying to do all the time, but it doesn't come off at the same level of execution that Dak has had over these last five, six weeks. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I mean, the thing that Dak, and like you said, that sort of he knows ball, it stands out when you watch him, especially right now with how he's playing at such a high level. I mean, the touchdown he had to CeeDee Lamb in the fourth quarter, it's just, it's its textbook, it's teaching tape, it's eyes moving, ball of the feet, balls of the feet in the pocket, like ready to go. And then the throw itself, because he throws in sort of an outbreak and route, the touch, the trajectory on it, it's just everything you want from a quarterback. He's executed at such a high level. With Geno, it's like, it's there, it's close, but you're just still like inches away, steps away, a half second away from doing it the way that Dak is doing it right now. And Gino is still, you know, a very good quarterback. And mm-hmm. I think there is some stylistic similarities there. But what we're seeing from Dak these past, say, five weeks is sort of his version of what we were just talking about with Jalen Hurts, you know, taking an extra step forward, like putting it into an extra gear. Will it continue for Dallas? It very well may. I mean, as things sit right now, they face a trip, you know, wild card weekend to the eventual NFC South winner. I think that's going to be great for them. And then, you know, as it's aligned, they wouldn't get San Francisco until an, an NFC championship game. Because watching Dallas this year, it's like, sure, they hung with Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I think there's a world in which they can go into the link and win. 
in a potential you know divisional round game. It's just they still seem like such a bad matchup for San Francisco right now. And okay, I think so, that's the thing that sort of scares me if I'm a Cowboys fan. So there's the obvious production. And look, I, I've kind of argued too. It's they, they haven't played a who's who of the NFL here recently. But nevertheless, like what is actually changing for Dak? Because a lot of the, 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 the people that backed him would say, like, this is who he's always been. Have they changed the, the formula of how he's dictating at the line pre-snap? Or is it just a better job by Mike McCarthy? I mean, I think it's a better job of Mike McCarthy in terms of route distribution and sort of the space into their concepts. You know, that's something that sort of stood out to me in watching them. Like, you know, even plays that aren't successful, you know, you see sort of, okay, well, I, I totally make sense what they're trying to do here, how they're sort of trying to attack this defense, how they're trying to attack this coverage, how they're trying to have sort of different answers for different problems that the defense could put in front of them. And I think that's sort of you know, stood out. And I think that's led to, and this is something that I talk about all the time, sort of a comfort level for the quarterback. I think you're seeing a very sort of comfortable Dak Prescott right now, you know, in terms of the routes that they're running, the spacing that they're using, the different ways they can sort of attack a defense. I mean, they've got answers, you know, I don't want to say all the time because sometimes you really sort of attack on one side of the field. But I'd say nine times out of the ten, they've got an answer for man versus zone. They've got an answer for combination coverage where you might look one side of the field to the other. They've got an answer for sort of, you know, best look concepts where you're just reading sort of, you know, it's it's on the right hash mark. We want to attack the right side of the field here. But if we have to come off of that, I've still got a backside answer. They're layering routes in well, and it's led to Prescott feeling like – as a quarterback, when you come to the line of scrimmage, before you know exactly what the defense has given you, but you feel in the back of the mind that no matter what they give you, you're going to have an answer for it available to you, that's a huge thing for a quarterback, and that's where Dak's head is at right now. Uh, another quarterback that's having success, they've won five in a row, it's Russell Wilson. Now, the, the, the stats aren't necessarily overwhelmingly sparkling. Like He's only hit over 200 yards, I think, once in the last seven weeks. But, hey, they got five wins in a row. He's, he's thrown a couple more touchdowns here. Uh, and it felt like the book was written on Russell Wilson at one point after last year to say, all right, he doesn't throw over the middle of the field. He's you know, Obviously, the, the, the physical measurements aren't there for him. But here they are. They're winning in, in week 12 in the new Sean, Pen Sean Payton era. Uh, what's working right now for Russell Wilson? Cortland Sutton is is working. Uh, I, I think that's a big part of it. You see some of the explosive plays that they've created in the past couple of weeks. It's really Cortland Sutton's doing a great job for him in the downfield passing game, running away from coverage. You look at you know the big play late in that game. You know, like seven minutes left, a third and one, that deep cross where he's just running right away from man coverage, and Wilson's trusting him. You know, trusting him to make a play downfield, and he's going up and winning the ball for him. I think from Russell's perspective, I don't want to say that it's vintage Russell Wilson and the sort of the creativity outside of the pocket, but you know, he's finding opportunities. He's picking his spots to create off of structure, off of platform, and again, sort of yeah, you're right. Like they're not attacking the middle of the field any way you'd expect an NFL offense to do that. But he's creating some stuff downfield. He's creating some stuff outside of the numbers. He's trusting Cortland Sutton to make some big plays in the downfield passing game when they need him. But then you're getting on other contributions. You're getting, you know, Marvin Mims had a nice catch and run on a sort of concept where he's got a scramble drill situation, create, mirror the quarterback. Russell does a good job on this particular play of stepping up, stepping to the outside, creating off of structure. So it's, it's 
you know, again, a quarterback that's right now seems comfortable, seems like he's on the same page with some receivers, in particular, Court and Sutton, and it's working for them. They've put themselves back into the playoff mix, and with the schedule that they have coming up, they've got some very favorable games. They could certainly make a run, get themselves into the playoffs. What they would do from there remains to be seen, but they've set themselves up for a nice little December. Uh, we saw Desmond Ritter return to the starting uh, lineup uh, for the Falcons uh, coming off a bye. Uh, how do you grade his return? I mean, I, I look, you get a win that always sort of bumps the grade up, sort of a half grade or so. There were some very good throws in this game. You know, he had some throws into tight window coverage where, you know, the first completion he had, or one of the first completions he had in this game was, you know, midway through the first quarter where he hits Drake London working away from him, and he splits two defenders with this throw. And it's like, man, where has this been all year? But he had, you know, a couple of interceptions, I believe, in that game where it's just, what are you doing? But then you come back and you have, like, the touchdown to Bijan out of the backfield, which is a great design. They got Pitts involved in a couple of drift concepts where he sort of run a dig route over a curl route underneath it that looked really good. Um, so I'd probably give him, say, a B. You know, he had made, he did make some mistakes, but he did have some good throws. And more importantly, I think for Atlanta, you get a win and you're now first in the NFC South. I mean, who would have thought that given where this mm-hmm. team was a couple of weeks ago? But I think it's a performance for Desmond Ritter that you can build off. I think it's a play calling performance from Arthur Smith, given how they got Pitts involved and Bijan involved, that he can build off as well. Uh, I, I want to ask about the New England Patriots, and, and this is a conversation, I guess, bigger than just Mac Jones, but I'll start with Mac Jones. It, it, is there a quarterback in there? Because it feels like nobody has been set up for uh, failure more than Mac Jones these last two seasons. I mean, I think there's a quarterback in there. It's just, in many ways, he was sort of a test case of... The, we talked about the spectrum of athleticism recently, right? Mm-hmm. And he's very much on that footwork, create space side of that ledger. You know, he's not a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or any of the athletic quarterbacks that we see. You know, he's very much a Tom Brady-esque type of athlete where it's just creating space with your feet as much as you can. And unfortunately, starting late last season and into this year, his version of creating space has been backpedaling and backfoot throws. And he doesn't have the natural arm strength to get away with that. I mean, you saw the first of the two interceptions he threw on Sunday. You saw that sort of disastrous interception at the end of the game against the Colts where it's this backfooted, off-platform throw when you don't need to do that and you don't have the natural arm talent to make that work. There's still, I think, a quarterback in there you know, but we often say that some quarterbacks need help. Some quarterbacks need help more than others. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is in that latter category. Like, he's going to need to be in the absolute ideal situation with the best possible talent around him to get the most out of him as a quarterback. That's not New England right now. I don't think anybody would claim that, which has led to some of these bad habits and some regression, regression that we've seen these past two seasons. Where is that opportunity? That I don't know. I mean, if you're a team that has everything figured out but quarterback, you might have other options. You know, you might have options you prefer than, say, Mac Jones. So I don't know where this could come together for him. I think in the ideal situation, yes, he could be a good NFL quarterback, but it seems like that time has run out in New England. 
because even with Belichick there in, in seasons past year, like even last season, you still could say, well, it's Bill Belichick. He'll, they'll, they'll solve it. And now suddenly that is, I feel, have been stripped away and they're trending towards first overall pick or second overall pick. And they can see themselves with Caleb Williams or Drake May. And if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm a little bit nervous that this golden egg could fall to you. And it's great, but I'm not sure I want Bill Belichick head you know being the captain of that ship yeah i mean that's one of the many questions that need to be resolved over the next couple of months in new england does does bill belichick want to be part of the tear down and rebuild that it looks like is needed at this point um does robert Kraft on down do they want bill belichick to be the architect of that i mean maybe they don't maybe they decide that look you know it, it, this is the time to go in a different direction will they even take it i mean look Say Bill Belichick just does does stay, and they have the number two overall pick. They've done some, you know, head scratching things before in the draft. I mean, maybe the way that Belichick gets to stay is he agrees to take a quarterback. But if you know, left to his own devices, would you know Bill Belichick pass on the second quarterback available? That's not Drake May or Caleb Williams. Take say the offensive tackle from Penn State or the offensive tackle from Notre Dame and figure out quarterback after that or trade down and take QB three. I mean, the, there's, there's a world in which those things do happen. You know, does Kraft tie his hand and say, look, you have to take the best quarterback left. We have to figure out quarterback. Is that important? I don't know. Um, but there are so many questions that remain unsolved right now that they need to address going forward quarterback is just one part of the constellation of issues they face right now and maybe Caleb Williams Drake Mays is the answer maybe not we don't know that's uh mind-bendingly odd uh, in New England we're so used to consistency and success there uh at least we get consistent success from you Marco we appreciate it as always thank you so much my friend always a blast already looking forward to next week there he is, Mark Schofield, uh, at Mark Schofield on social media from SB Nation, uh, talking about uh, QBs in the NFL, and uh, also check him out if you're uh, an F1 fan. Mark does a lot of great work over at SB Nation. All right, wrapping up uh, the week here, uh, week 12, we uh, dip into the power ranks of going into week 13 across the league. Let's start at number 10. Those Dallas Cowboys making the list here. Yeah, I've mentioned the strength of schedule, but hey, Dak's playing unreal right now. We'll see what happens as the uh, schedule improves and they play a bit stiffer competition. Waiting for that next Philadelphia game. They play Seattle this week, Philly, Buffalo, Miami all coming in this week. So they have a big arrow pointing up, but right now they're at number 10. Number 9, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers here. It's ugly. It's a win. They get 400 yards, though, for the first time in 58 games. Steelers coming in at number nine. Jaguars at number seven. A nice win for them. Sorry, number eight. Again, a nice win for them. Beating the Texans. It's still about what happens in the playoffs now for the Jaguars. They've gone there before. They got their win. It still looks a little bit clunky, but the offense has opened up a little bit more with Calvin Ridley kind of moving a bit closer to the line of scrimmage and a bit closer to the formation. They're getting better. Uh, an arrow pointing up for them as well. Uh, a controversial one here. 
I'm going to put the Texans in here as well. I know they just lost to the Jaguars, but I think this is a team that's going to keep ascending. I think the Texans, with CJ Stroud playing the way he is, I'm going to keep him here at number seven ahead of the Jaguars. I know. But this team is really improving, and they're going to be sneaky in that AFC wildcard chase as well. Six, the Detroit Lions coming in at number six. They're just solid right now. Okay, I know they lost that game to the Packers. They'll recover. There's a lot to like with this Detroit Lions team. As it keeps going into the back part of the season, running the football becomes massive. That's what Detroit does in these stages. They're at number six. This is where it gets kind of sketchy. I'm going to bump the Chiefs down to number five. That's a real problem right now with their wide receiver group. They solved it for one week, but the the Raiders went out to that early lead. Th there's some issues here with the Kansas City Chiefs that need to be discussed. We'll see if they can solve it the rest of the season, but the Kansas City Chiefs are, are slowly uninspiring me, even though they got Mahomes, they got Kelsey. We'll see if they can get to that number one seed. I got the Dolphins at four. The defense for the Dolphins showing up. We'll see if the offense continues their high highs that they had earlier in the season but right now the the defense of the Dolphins is starting to show up I know Jalen Phillips uh leaving the the team is a bit of an issue but Dolphins sitting at four and the the trio of you can break this down any which way here I'm gonna put the Eagles at three look they got 31 points against that's a bit of a concern it is a bit of a concern even though Jalen Hurts is the best QB in the NFC, as we are just touching with Mark, even though they got the offensive line and they win without Lane Johnson, which is a fantastic sign, and the, the it will go through Philadelphia. I think they'll get the number one seed. I just worry that that secondary will give up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Kevin Byard is making an impact. Hopefully it rounds out over the next couple of weeks. But right now, still... At number two are the San Francisco 49ers. Big butt whooping on the Seattle Seahawks uh, last weekend. And at number one, the Baltimore Ravens. They've done nothing to dissuade themselves uh, being the best team in the NFL. That's Bick's Best on the other side. Yannick Hansen will join us to wrap up the show here on Sportsnet 650.